Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have the honor to speak to a special person, Norman Solomon, his co-founder and national coordinator of RootsAction.org. His books include War Made Easy, How Presidents and Pundits Keep Spinning Us to Death, it's 2006 book, and Made Love Got War, Close Encounters with America's Warfare State. Senor Solomon, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine, given the way the world is. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, look, I mean, you wrote a piece uh, that, that made it all over the place from Common Dreams, Op-Ed News, you name it. And all I could do when I saw that piece was say that, that, thank you. Title of your piece was Stop Calling the Military Budget a Defense Budget. And what you've, what you've really identified there, Norman, is how in order for us to feel our monies are well spent, it's just about how we spend. Tell me a little bit about your article. Yeah, it's really about language. And as George Orwell said, we can't blame language for making our thinking sloppy, but it helps to make our thinking sloppy. And so on the one hand, yeah, we have this thing, uppercase, proper noun, Department of Defense, but in our language, and this includes mainstream media, it includes politicians, it even includes uh, progressives as a routine. We talk about defense spending, we talk about a defense budget, and that's sort of a insidious mindset that creeps in from this warfare state we live in, where, for instance, we got Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin saying, oh, we can't afford $3.5 trillion over 10 years, which is $350 million each year. And yet the military is spending close to a trillion dollars, close to three times that much every year. And we're supposed to accept that, that that's defense. Now, when money is being spent to bomb Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, Somalia, I don't think that's defense. You know, why are we conditioned to say that that's defense when it's our money being spent to bomb other countries that have nothing to do with us? You know, isn't it true also that um, when we talk about the defense budget, most of those monies don't even go into the defense coffers, but into the coffers of private American corporations? Well, definitely it's a one through where the money's going to the military contractors. And so even when, for instance, in this 20 year uh, war in and on Afghanistan that recently we're told ended, went up into, by some estimates, you know, a couple of trillion dollars, we're told that that money, some of it, or in addition to it, went to people in Afghanistan or to the Afghan army. But in fact, a lot of that money cycled right back to the Beltway bandits, you know, in Northern Virginia and in suburban Maryland around DC. So it's, it's Pentagon money, it's taxpayer money, uh, but it goes, as you say, right into the coffers of these really, really huge corporations that are frankly making a killing uh, on the Pentagon budget. Now, interestingly, um, you made the, the excellent point about we are fighting over $350 billion per year in, 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 for that $3.5 trillion uh, program that isn't going to get passed at all at that level. Yet we are concerned about, uh, we are not concerned about a trillion dollars. And you have to look at the numbers. They, uh, Cinema and Mansion, it seems to me, are fighting because their uh, Mansion specifically said he didn't want to create an entitled mentality. It concerns me that isn't, aren't we seeing an entitled mentality for the defense industrial complex? 
Absolutely. I mean, the Constitution talks about uh, people's uh, general welfare, the welfare of the people, and whatever you want to call it as a human right. We have, if you want to put it that way, if Manchin wants to put it that way, we do have an entitlement to healthcare, education, housing. But in the real world, inside the Beltway, the kind of status quo that the Manchins and cinemas and Republicans are trying to perpetuate, the entitlement is for the military industrial complex. And if they want to say that's some kind of radical left wing thing, I just refer them to Dwight Eisenhower's farewell speech where he warned against the military industrial complex. We have it like crazy now in 2021. And I'm encouraged that many progressives in Congress, because of the grassroots progressives who are raising hell about this, are more and more saying we see a connection between the efforts to deny health care, education, housing, senior care, uh, elder care. We see a connection between that effort to deplete those kind of programs with the giveaways uh, to the Pentagon. And in fact, the Pentagon budget has gone up and up. Uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, Nancy Pelosi a couple of years ago sent out a memo to the Democrats in the House and Senate boasting that they were supporting an increase from Donald Trump of 11% over two years of the Pentagon budget. And we saw now just in the last few weeks that again, the Congress in a bipartisan way has overbloated again the already bloated military budget. Now, um, you know, how how comes we are unable to make the case as progressives to make the case that there should have been a peace dividend long time ago? Every time we end something, the Cold War, we the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, shouldn't all these different stoppages, if you will, or ends, if you will, have created a rationale for saying we don't have to spend as much anymore? It's a notable point, and I think a very strong one. At the very time that uh, President Biden was saying and ordering that the last U.S. troops would come out of Afghanistan, he was proposing a 1.6% increase in the military budget, but that wasn't good enough for uh, the Republicans on the Senate Armed Services Committee. They more than doubled that increase, and the House went along with that. So we have a chronic problem. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said that we can talk all we want about guns and butter, but when you spend so much money on guns, as he put it, you don't even get good oleo. And for those who maybe <laughs> don't uh, remember way back, oleo was oleo margarine. You know, yes, I remember. Yes, oleo margarine. <laughs> that's the reality. And uh, Dr. King also described the military spending in Vietnam as a demonic suction tube, which was draining away the essence of supporting the lives of people here at home. So if we're serious about healthcare for all, universal healthcare, if we're serious about education, making it a right, not a privilege for the wealthy, then we have to deal with, I think, two factors in the income stream. One is the tremendous depletion of our income through taxpayer dollars by the Pentagon. And the other is the giveaways to the rich through failure to do progressive taxation. And on both fronts, I think it's clearly going to be a struggle ahead. Now, um, I want to stick a little bit here for a while longer before I get on to that other issue, which I think is very important, because uh, I've heard many times that we have these bases all over the world, but you kind of put uh, a fixed number onto it, 750 bases, more bases in the, more American bases than there are countries in the world. 
Yeah, it really undermines the sort of reflex we're conditioned to use when we talk about, you know, defense spending and defense budget, you know, lowercase d. It is really stunning. I mean, it was to me a couple of years ago when I learned that the United States has outside of our own borders, as you say, 750 different military bases scattered around the world. How many does Russia have? About two dozen. How many does China have? One. As a matter of fact, David Vine, who wrote the really seminal book, Base Nation, professor at American University, he points out that the vast majority of military bases that are outside of a country, uh, the vast majority of that on the whole planet are US bases. You know, we've got like three quarters of them. Uh, so that goes again to the question of what are we defending supposedly? If you've got this huge imbalance of bases around the world and, and military might, and also we, we spend, the United States government spends as much as 10 times other countries. In other words, add up the other countries, number two to 11 in terms of military spending, the U.S. government spends more than all of those other 10 countries combined. combined. And yet we're encouraged to believe we're on the defensive. And that really says something about the kind of propaganda we're subjected to here in the United States. You know, interestingly, uh, Norman, uh, just on Sunday, General, Ma General McMaster's appeared with Farid Zakaria on uh, talking about China. And I, I really, I, 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 saw, I wrote a blog about it where I, I kind of, I don't want to say admonish Zakaria because he's normally uh, uh, to the point and he's normally good, but he he cut the general off when he made the statement. But the general said the following: the general said, "You know, um, uh, China no longer respects America because of all the problems we're having with with the January six and all these other issues." And he said, "And and 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 also China has seen." that we are not modernizing our military and we are not spending as much as our military as we should. And then he said the funny thing, China increased its budget since 1995 by 400%. And uh, somehow that is terrible that we haven't uh, increased our budget proportionally. And what, what I did immediately, I didn't know the answer. So I went to check and see how much China spent and how much America spent. And it turned out that we spent about three times as much at, of, as China, even with their 400% increase. And that still to date, your statement is actually accurate that we spend more than the next several uh, 10 or so countries beneath us uh, in military budget. How, that is how this happens. You get a general casually making statements like that and it becomes a reality. How do you and the work that you do help to mitigate that? We really do need to recognize that the essence of propaganda is repetition. You know, you don't just see in your life one McDonald's ad, you see a gazillion of them. And the same thing is this unrelenting message. We are spending all this money on defense. We have to be stronger to be secure. We have to keep spending more and more. Dr. Martin Luther King called this what he called the madness of militarism. It was a madness in 1967 during the Vietnam War when Dr. King made that statement, and it's a madness today. And it's really a theft from the next generations. It's a theft from children now in this country and around the world. But there's huge amounts of money being made, and there's a revolving door. A lot of generals 
uh, go from the Pentagon to the boards of these major military contractors without batting an eye. It's not considered anything but normal. We have to shatter that normality. And that's why I keep coming back to the importance of progressive movements and progressive outlets. And this is an unsolicited plug. This is a program online that people should support because if we don't have alternatives to corporate media, we're gonna keep going on the same downward road. I appreciate that, Norman. Um, and, and you gave the perfect segue for us to talk about the theft that you're, that, that's so important. Uh, the defense, but uh, what we do with the defense budget is a transfer of wealth from the many to the few. And we do it industry. And I, th I think I've seen you mention the word pharmaceutical somewhere in, in one of your articles. We do it from industry to industry to industry where we invest. We are the socialists to the corporations and then they profit on that. Again, uh, your writing and what you do is so important for this particular moment, this particular movement. And that it is expected that you continue. The last question that I always ask is, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Well, uh, one is how we're going to uh, make this change specifically. You alluded to it. I'm very much a big supporter in organizing because that's everything that has been done in this country to make it better is because people organize. I'm proud to be part of the organization rootsaction.org. I want to invite all of your viewers and listeners Sign up, it'll take you about 30 seconds and you'll get action bulletins. There's 1.2 million of us now on the rootsaction.org action bulletin network. And we're doing a lot of stuff. We're deluging members of Congress. We're organizing at the grassroots and everybody's welcome. So the welcome mat is open at rootsaction.org. Well, uh, Norman Solomon, co-founder and national coordinator of rootsaction.org. It's been my pleasure to have you on. You always have something positive to say, and you always leave us a lot smarter than we were before. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Oh, a very big pleasure to be with you. Thanks. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.